Hello and welcome to this episode of Bull and Bear Crypto. My name is James and this episode is for the 6th of September 2020. Going to be talking about Bitcoin today. Going to be talking a bit about Ethereum. Going to be talking about SushiSwap. Going to be talking about DeFi. Has the bubble burst? Has the bubble burst? Going to be talking about the CME gap as well. And then some very cool things that I think that would be really helpful for you guys to kind of be aware of um, to help you with your trading to also help you with anything really to do with crypto. So before we do begin, if this is the first time listening, don't forget to subscribe, like, and comment if you are watching this. If you are listening, however, do uh, leave a review over on iTunes. It helps out massively. Five-star review. Um, I'd really appreciate that. Um, I've looked at the data, and audio is definitely the way to go. Get way more engagement, and I'm barely uploading like I used to. So um, I would really appreciate some reviews over on iTunes, guys. Um, anyway, let's talk a bit about Bitcoin. So I'm going to do some TA on Bitcoin, then take a look at the Ethereum and see the differences between the both, and then we'll move on to some key things. So BTC, the past couple of days, has kind of fallen off a cliff currently sideways trading we had a high recent high of twelve thousand four hundred eighty six dollars and the most recent high of eleven thousand six hundred fifty five we lost approximately around 17 18 percent worth of value over the course of a few days um which is interesting currently we're again sideways trading when we take a quick look at the daily candles obviously today's candle hasn't closed but it's giving us a bit of an indication of where things are going got a higher low on the daily candle lots of long low wick action across the board looks like we've had a consistent daily close above the 10,170 usd mark um, and that's been roughly previous resistance in the past so uh, we can see we were rejected from that level on the 26th of july roughly trading around that level on the 1st and 2nd of June. And if we zoom all the way back, we can see there's a bit of a mix of price action in that area. However, let's think about strength. Um, and then we'll get to CME gap and how this, how this kind of correlates. So if we take a look at the smooth moving averages, we can see we're actually trading below the 100-day moving average. In fact, if we look at the, this yellow line on the chart today, we can see we did manage to break above. However, all the price action is trading below and for me to feel a bit more confident, a bit more comfortable in Bitcoin's ability to kind of begin its trend reversal and trade and start trading to the upside, I'd expect to close above the 100-day moving average and then consistent closing and trading above the 100-day. I personally don't see that happening today. It's currently 7.30 on the Sunday, um, and price action is kind of being squeezed between the 10,170 USD mark and the 100-day moving average currently. So not much difference. I know generally speaking on the weekends, it's low, on the Sunday especially, it's lower volatility, usually, typically speaking. But that's indicating to me that we'd likely see a bit further downside just because we're not breaking above that key resistance level. And that's that level, if we want to be a bit more precise, is 10,265 USD, USD mark. Now, if we turn on volume profile visible range, my favorite indicator available, we can see that if we zoom a bit in and use the most recent price history from absolute low of the correction, if we take a look at the depth of the value area, so the value area is areas that are highlighted in blue and yellow on the chart. If you look at the depth, see where the highest volume nodes are and the lowest volume nodes are, we're trading in an area where there's very low volume. And that's just because there's not much previous price history in this range uh, since the correction. 
I'm talking about the absolute correction. Low when we're down to like 350, 3,500, 4,000 USD. Um, but from the 9,753 USD mark and below, we start to see a bit more depth. And that's because there's previous price history here. And then we have the point of contention, which is 9,280 USD. So with the POC, generally speaking price is drawn to the poc kind of like a like the, like a like a magnetic pole like the north pole uh compass is drawn to it um price action gen generally trends towards it so if we zoom out and get a bit more price action here we can get a bit more data to kind of work with and we could get even more information so um let me look to the absolute high so if we do take a look here we get a bit of a similar story we can see but, but um what what essentially we can see here is where the 100 day moving average is we have one a high volume node and then where support is we have a high volume node and we're trading between the two and then when we break below this high volume node that's coming to play in support uh we have a bit of a gap down all the way to the 9600 9700 usd mark now incidentally if we take a look at a recent article that talks about where the latest cme gap is it's funny enough but at the 9600 to the 9900 usd mark and this fantastic article uh looked at research or highlighted key research that basically said 95 percent of the time cme gaps get filled now I'm a bit dubious of this statistic because I haven't actually seen the link to the research where it actually mentions this for a start. But most importantly, it might not have necessarily been talking about Bitcoin gaps. It might have been just talking about CME gaps in general. And Bitcoin is a bit of a unique entity. You know, there are different futures contracts available in the Chicago Mercantile Exchange, CME. And um, if it's just looking at all the gaps on the CME, then that could be a bit of a different story, basically. Um, so I feel, I feel Bitcoin's a bit more bearish at the moment. It's still trading sideways. There's no indication as to the direction it's going. I'm looking for a close today above the 100 day. If it doesn't close above the 100 day, well, you know, we're just seeing compression on the daily time frame and just waiting for a break. And you can just play the break if it breaks up or breaks down. Either way, you play the break. Um, and that's how you can kind of not, probably not going to make the most on a trade, but you're not exactly going to be losing out dramatically either um, because you're most likely to play the direction it's going to break in. Um, so that's Bitcoin on the daily time frame. Um, let's take a look at Ethereum versus dollar. FUSD. Take a look at Coinbase. Now let's turn off the moving averages. So purely looking at price action, we're not going to use volume, no need. So purely looking at price action, we can see that Ethereum actually lost 36%, just over 36% of its value since its recent high at, Jesus Christ, <laughs> sorry, $488. Sorry, guys, I haven't been paying attention to, you know, when these coins do really well. I don't, I'm, my my time frames for, for what I'm holding long term is like three to five years minimum before I kind of pay, pay attention. I am checking just to make sure the market's not completely imploding. But I mean, my entry in Ethereum was double double digits, so um, you know, quite quite happy with what I've got at the moment. But um, still slowly adding. If you follow me on Twitter, you know I'm currently in an Ethereum trade. I got an entry at 320. Uh, it's currently at 350. It's up, fantastic. What do you do? 
um in fact you should follow me on twitter just so you don't completely miss things like that it, my twitter is underscore bull bear twitter uh bull bear crypto sorry underscore bull bear crypto um but i mean let's see what kind of game that is 320 thing that's right 320 is roughly 10% gain. I mean, that's better before that's outperforming like most asset managers. Um, like or well, not asset managers. Most uh, uh, financial advisors um suggestions when it comes to investing money year on year. So, um, okay, fantastic. So, um, Ethereum's looking very similar to the Bitcoin charts. However, there are a few key differences. One, if we take a look at the BTC chart versus the Ethereum chart. BTC chart's been trading sideways for much longer. The Ethereum chart hasn't. So if there's a trend reversal here, it's indicating that it will show a bit more strength on the Ethereum chart. Why? Because we have a double tweezer bottom forming. We have double tweezers, two tweezers, two long lower wicks, two long lower shadows on the, this candle and today's candle indicating to us that um, we're more likely to see a bit of momentum trending upwards, especially if we get a nice higher high on the daily tomorrow. What else do we see? Well, if we're looking at the, purely at the price action of the candles, we're forming a Harami candle, which basically means the high and low of today's candle is within the high and low of yesterday's candle. And it means that if today's candle closes like this, and tomorrow's candle, we have a nice higher high with enough momentum and push and drivers indicating a trend reversal, we're gonna see some a decent uptick. Decent could mean 5%, 10%. It doesn't mean 30% that we're gonna set a new higher high on the daily within the next couple of weeks. All it's saying is the market's not in a sideways trade or breakdown, okay? So market structure is kind of maintaining some kind of bounce. And this is the thing, guys, which is why I kind of like playing uh, coins that have completely sold off or sold off quite significantly, especially in response to uh, perception of news that's kind of triggered something. I'm gonna get to that in a sec. Um, playing the bounce is quite nice um especially oversold I'm not sure if this is oversold let's take a look at the rsi very quickly i'll bring it up for you i've not been using rsi because i really didn't i really needed it to be honest with you um oh no rsi strategy that's not the same thing literally just need relative strength index thank you sir so it's not quite sold oversold oh yes it is is it nope no it's not not quite oversold on the daily on the RSI, but it's relatively predictable. Um, that, that you know, if you look at the, you know, if you look at the volatility of this move, the duration of this move, the price action of the candles yesterday, and then the fact we had a higher low today, um, it's kind of obvious that we're going to see a bit of bit more upside today. So why it kind of added, you know, it started uh, made an entry three twenty by order for three twenty of Ethereum. Um, okay, this is the key thing with Ethereum that's different from BTC, the second thing. So unlike BTC, where BTC is kind of squeezed between a key level of support and the 100-day moving average, Ethereum is trading between the 100-day and 50-day uh, moving average, this, this yellow and green line. Okay, fantastic. Who cares? Well, what it basically means is, although it doesn't really have a rung for support, it doesn't really have anything challenging it for resistance either. So it's a bit more free to move. And I guarantee if we turn on volume profile visible range, let's turn it on, I haven't looked at it just yet. That's a bit more hollow and it is, it is more hollow. So we can see here between the 320 USD mark until 380, we have much more room to breathe. Um, just because it's lower volume nodes. It's very interesting that the entire value area is from the 120 mark to the 290 roughly um but anyway you can see here that the 
much lower volume nodes so ethereum is more free to move up or down probably not going to sideways trade like like bitcoin is it's probably going to have more, more of a significant move and if it does break down which it potentially could anything could happen uh likely to trade above the 320 level or around the 320 level with the 100 day moving average coming to play as a support if we do see some fantastic upside likely to face resistance around 390 to 400 400 of course around nice round psychological level but 390 is if we're taking a look at the the volume profile visible range 388 390 you can see that's where the next most significant highest value nodes are i mean arguably 380 is when we probably start to see things slow down if we do see an, another another seven to eight percent on ethereum okay so has the DeFi bubble burst already? People are saying it's due to Sushi, the Sushi Swap founder, creator, CEO, exiting and selling all his coins after the coin basically was listed after two weeks of, of um, being created. Um, sentiment would say otherwise. So if you aren't already, this is going to be one of the biggest tips that I can give you, okay? Follow this Twitter uh, profile at the very minimum or subscribe to their service. This isn't a paid adver ad advertisement. They just have a re really good data. And, you know, what would complement your technical analysis is solid fundamentals. And fundamentals in the crypto space, when, when it comes to existing projects, isn't only, you know, news on the horizon, what the project's looking to doing. Because generally speaking, most, most projects have been copying others uh white papers well just the bitcoin white paper or another white paper there's been copying other white papers for the end and it's the end, end of time you know that's not what's going to really separate things out now they have to have a really neat project if you're really going to pay attention to that kind of that kind of that kind of thing you want to actually look at on-chain metrics social data and, and alike because it gives a strong indication as to where things are heading so fantastic feed Twitter feed is Santiment feed, S-A-N-T-I-M-E-N-T -E feed. I recommend you follow them on Twitter. It's completely free to, and they provide some amazing insights after the facts, give an indication as to why what something's happened. They sometimes do it ahead of the fact as well, but most of their good stuff is, of course, behind a paywall, which is fine. It makes complete sense because they're providing excellent data. So people think that SushiSwap uh, dumped and triggered kind of the D5 bubble starting to deflate. Now, a few weeks ago, there's been a bunch of data that Santiment was looking at from Ethereum's top 100 exchange addresses. And it was saying that they've decreased their token holdings from 16.92 million to 15.89. That's relatively bearish, um, especially considering most of the activity at the moment is happening in the DeFi space. So that's a decrease of 6.1% in these online bags. And from a short-term perspective, this is basically saying there's a spark plug that's it that's kind of initiated the trigger that's started to deflate the DeFi space and of course make the whole market kind of correct. There's more as well, actually. So um again, this is this this is what essentially was the pin that bursts the bubble in the DeFi space and crypto space at the moment. However, even better, even better than that, um, where is it on their feed? I swear I had it. So um, back on, when was this released? This is yesterday they released this. So uh, again, they talk about Ethereum here specifically. So they're saying, did Ethereum tank along with the rest of the crypto market these past few days due to a global stock market regression? So there has been some correlation to the crypto space and the stock market. 
but nothing that's significant and nothing that's continual that I could actually say is a proper correlation. Um, but sometimes you see the stock market go up and crypto goes up. Sometimes you see the stock market goes down and crypto goes up. Sometimes you see the stock market go down, crypto goes down and vice versa. So what um, sentiment has looked at is on-chain metrics, network growth and daily active addresses um, on the Ethereum network. And they basically were able to detect ahead of the game, weeks ahead of the game, that um, Ethereum, despite the price rising continuously, on-chain metrics and growth was indicating that a pullback was coming. So it wouldn't this be fantastic data to have access to? Yes, it would. How much does it cost? It costs $50 a month or 44 a month if billed yearly. You get excellent data. And again, this is not an advert, guys. They're not paying me. I just think they're an amazing service that could help you guys. Um, this is this is this would be such an amazing compliment to your existing technical analysis. So just something to be aware of. You do get a free option with basic alerts, which is cool. I honestly think if you're serious, you know, instead of spending whatever X amount of fiat on that next shit coin that you're looking to buy or considering buying, just have fifty dollars less and buy this instead. Um, makes makes a lot of sense. So interesting stuff. Let's move on to Sushi Swap then. So Sushi Swap, I mean, if I was to describe to you what an exit scam was, this is this would basically be it. I mean, a guy creates a cryptocurrency project. Within two weeks, the cryptocurrency project is listed on Binance and FTX. And then once it's listed on these exchanges, the see the founder of the project basically sells all his tokens for a sig significantly more than what he originally had them for. Uh, which was basically nothing because he pre-mined them. Um, ultimately, ultimately a type of pre-mine. So FTX CEO basically owns SushiSwap, but but the SushiSwap founder, so Nomi Chef on Twitter, basically said that um, he did not intend to scam anyone. So okay, so let's let's talk about this. Okay, let's talk about intent. He's saying. But I want to stress again, and I did not intend to scam. I did not in intend to scam anyone. So whatever whatever you want to say, intention isn't the same thing. So maybe he started the project with the intent of actually having it create some type of value to the DeFi space. But that was his original intent. But once the project was released, once it was listed on, on the exchanges, once the price of the token was dramatically incre increased dramatically, at that point, he still sold. I mean, he still sold his tokens. He still is no longer working on the project. He's still completely removed. To me, that sounds like an exit scam because you've basically created something out of thin air. You're not really delivered on what the project's meant to be. Ultimately, it's probably still in very early early stages. And you've made a bunch of money and a lot of people basically invested in you and basically you've got their money and you're out of the game and you're basically good. Uh, I mean, it sounds like an exit scam to me. So... Um, anyway, a lot of the, the key thing with this this is that um, a lot of people are suggesting that sushi swap was what is the reason why DeFi kind of has seen a correction recently. I mean, Link is down 100%. Oh yeah, but I wanted to say because I did mention in my last video I didn't think Link was was finished and I was wrong. Link, I'm not saying Link is finished, but Link right now take a look at the dollar value. I think I, I was saying a couple of days ago it looks like it's going to continue to trend upwards. Then we had this candle. A nice uh, trend reversal hammer. Um, 
or pin bar candle, some call it. So, and then it corrected a further 48% since I said that. So, you know, I was wrong, which is fine. It's okay to be wrong. Um, I did mention that I was out of my link trade, by the way, I still had some riding. I haven't sold any of that link that I had riding. Um, it was like, it was a small percentage, very small percentage, but fact of the matter is, you know, it's okay to be wrong. I was wrong. It's an investment advice. Anyway, you guys should know that by now. It's for educational purposes. Um, but moving on to the next key piece of news. So after a poll in Argentina, 73.4% of Argentinians believe cryptocurrencies will best protect their savings. So of course, we don't know who took this poll. Could be a biased poll. But Argentina are basically going through a hyperinflationary period with their Argentinian peso. And basically means you could be paid something a week ago and in seven days time it's worth a quarter, a tenth of what it was a week ago because the the, the value of the of the currency is devaluing at a rate that's ridiculous. That means, you know, have to work even harder to make the same amount of money you were, you were making previously so this actually happened in turkey and what happened in turkey is they just reissued a new currency um it's happening in argentina and people want to protect their savings that was the unfortunate thing is i think i saw this thing on crypto in latin america a year ago or whatever or uh, i can't remember when but it was basically saying that 80 percent of people do not know about cryptocurrency or have access to cryptocurrency so um, so it probably means the people that need it the most to kind of preserve the value of their capital, of their savings, um, of their time, their efforts, their work, probably aren't going to be able to do that, which is unfortunate. So it's probably why we need to have better solutions, wider, adop wider spread adoption um, out there. I did, speaking to my father today, and um, he listens to the last podcast, which surprised me. Um, and he said that people will be listening to the podcast for the first time or might not know what certain terms mean. So I've mentioned DeFi quite a bit. I mentioned DeFi in the last podcast. So let's go quickly go over what DeFi is. So DeFi stands for decentralized finance, okay? An emerging alternative to the global financial system. So basically there's nothing, there's nothing new in the DeFi space or decentralized finance space. All it's doing is merging the legacy financial institution services that they offer with an emerging technology so um so basically um let's talk about the unique aspects of um decentralized finance the blockchain tech so one it's permissionless basically means anyone in the world can connect to the network wealth status location does not prohibit access Second perk, decentralization. Records are kept simultaneously across thousands of computers instead of a central server, so there's no single point of failure, essentially what that means. Third, it's trustless. This is probably one of the biggest things that has a multitude of benefits, but basically means a central party isn't required to ensure transactions are valid. So what does that mean? If there's no central party and we're just using code to execute the same things, it means costs, costs are lower. It means there's no single point of failure, like I mentioned. It also means that there's no ability to coerce. There's no ability to remove someone from the network. There's so many benefits to this, it's insane. Four is transparent, so all transactions are publicly available. Five, censorship resistance. A central party cannot invalidate user transactions, reverse changes, or shut off the network, unlike the existing banking and financial system. 
It's programmable, so developers can program business logic into low-cost and interoperable financial services. So essentially, what does that mean? If you wanted to loan out money to someone at a particular interest rate, um, you could do that. If you wanted to have savings based on that, so have someone going to return, you could do that. There's lots of potential benefits with decentralized finance. So what I'll do is I'll link to this lovely infographic so we can provide you with much more information than I'm willing to go over in this, uh, in this uh, post. And it can give you a bit of an insight into um, the fantastic world of DeFi and decentralized finance. Um, the last thing is a special goodie I found on TradingView for you guys. Another thing that can help you. So if you go to indicators, if you go to the new lovely new candlestick patterns, um, say so, you can click all candlestick patterns, bring it up in your chart, and oh look, what do we have here? It gives you. For the lazy, for the lazy uh, price action trader, it basically can give you all types of candlestick patterns, bullish and bearish and neutral. Um, you can, what I would suggest you do is only have the one selected on the patterns that you trade because it'll allow you to see, um, just easier see where, for example, if you love playing inside bars or Harami candles, um, you can only have those showing so you know when they pop up you can trade them things like that makes things so easy so the great thing is if you hover over um one of the little little uh, snippets or or pieces of text it gives you an explanation of what the candle is um which is fantastic so i mean it just it's trading it's trading on easy mode basically for the price action trader so that's it for today's video guys and audio thank you so much for listening and watching for watching on youtube don't forget to like comment and subscribe share it that's the key thing share it share it share it and if you're listening on audio thank you so much i've been looking at the stats and audio is definitely where it's at so i'm going to be focusing on audio guys i'm sorry for those that love visu visuals um i will be posting youtube videos of course i need to do technical analysis but there'll be probably uh, once a week at most um, I'm going to try and get into more frequent audio versions because it's just easier to produce and there's much more engagement and I can see the data and it's it's funny I've only been doing podcasts podcast version for a short period of time but I'm getting four to five times the engagement I do with audio versus YouTube so it's hard it's hard not to just do audio isn't it so um, thank you so much don't forget to go over to iTunes, give a five-star review. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter, underscore bull and bear, crypt, bull bear crypto, um, or underscore bull and bear. I have two different uh, Twitters there. And um, most importantly, bullandbearcrypto.com. Subscribe to the mailing list. Get free updates, get free market updates, get free trade alerts. Aren't, aren't trade alerts awesome? Anyway, thanks so much for watching or listening. I shall see you guys next one very soon. Wish you guys all the best.